Blue Wire. To the end zone he goes. Where Sammy is. Boyd with a great fake. Touchdown, Taj. Hopkins throws to Boyd. Lean means touchdown throwing machine tonight, and he's got another one. Boyd. We're going to talk about this Clemson Walford game and do a brief little recap. Won't be too long, but you'll you'll get what I'm trying to say here. All right, so Clemson dominated Walford pretty much the entire game from kickoff uh, until the whistle blew, and still somehow Clemson University gets penalized or brought into this broad discussion of how the ACC is still weak and Clemson never plays anybody. Well, generally speaking, most teams do schedule uh, games against FCS opponents. Um, I don't know if it's in a contract. I don't know how when this even started, but, well, they're there. I'm just going to be quite honest. Clemson was supposed to dominate that game. They were supposed to win the way they did. But sometimes it never winds up the way that you think. We've seen this story play over and over. Again, we've got plenty of examples to choose from. We could talk about North Dakota State beating number 13 Iowa a few years back. We could talk about James Madison beating Virginia Tech back in, I don't know, whatever year that was, 2010. Or we could talk about App State, the one that everybody knows. App State going and beating Michigan in 2007. That was 12 years ago. So we're all getting old here, but you get my point. Just because a team is loaded with four or five star players and another team doesn't necessarily have that doesn't mean that you can't lose on any given Saturday. Well, Clemson left no doubt, did they? They went out there, they put the dogs in a cage, and they never opened it. And when you're playing teams like Wofford or you know, Illinois State or Tidewater Tech Community College, you're looking for a few things, right? You're looking for your team to come out and execute. You want to see uh, the least amount of penalties as possible. You want to see great decision-making. You want, to have an, you want to have an opportunity to to build depth within uh, your program. Unfortunately for Clemson, they've been able to build depth for the last few years here. So that just shows you how dominant and how elite this university has been. But nonetheless, Clemson came out and pretty much did whatever they were trying to accomplish. And that's special. That's special, man. It was a special, special day. Military appreciation. If you're not familiar with Clemson University, then you don't realize that the rich heritage um, that is Clemson University as far as it comes to military. And, um, you know, we're all thankful that we even get the opportunity to play football and make jokes about it and, and for me to even be able to talk about it. You know, it's uh, I'm thankful for that. It's always. But uh, Clemson went out there and they honored these vets and, and all these people who sacrificed and served so that we can play ball, and they did it at a high level. Put up 42 points in the first half. They went out there and did their thing. Let's talk about Travis Etienne, number nine. He went out and set the record or tied it for most touchdowns in a career. Russian, like 48 or something like that. That's a lot of touchdowns, especially on the ground. And he did it in three years. And he still has more games left. Now tell me that man doesn't deserve to be in a Heisman conversation. He's one of the best backs that I've ever seen. I played with some really good ones over the years. And when he runs the ball, he runs with this presence, with this this swag and yeah the idea is to not ever get tackled you always want to run away from defenders but it always looks like he's running away from something and man he ends up in the end zone more often than not so 
Man had nine carries, 212 yards, two tugs, 24 yards and pop. It's pretty sick, man. And and uh, I am excited to see how his career unfolds, not only for the rest of this year, but once he gets an opportunity to go play in the big leagues, because I know he's going to be that same playmaker that we've seen over the course of, of his journey here. Trevor Lawrence did his thing today, too. 12 for 16, 218, three touchdowns, almost 100 quarterback rating. It's pretty good. And he's getting more and more comfortable each week. So I'm loving his maturation. First quarter, first drive, comes off of an RPO, run pass option, which means he has two opportunities to make a decision. He can either hand it or he can throw it, fake the run. And what does he do? Fakes the, RP, fakes the run, right, the inside zone. Takes a quick three-step drop. He has Mario Rogers coming right to left on a deep climb pattern, and he just drops it right near the corner of that pylon right there, man. And it was sick because the ball just went up and down, man, as quickly as possible. And he gets the ball from point A to point B faster than anybody I've ever seen. Um, so it looks really good. He made some really good decisions throughout the course of this game. And one of the things that I've been seeing that I've been loving is his his maturation um, of his decision-making. See, a few weeks ago, you know, especially early in the season, we saw him try to force a lot of footballs down the field. And I know he trusts his arm, and I know he trusts his guys out there, but sometimes that can get you into trouble. And it did. I mean, he threw he's been, he threw a lot of interceptions in a pretty short time period. And, again, I don't think it was something to be concerned with, uh, mainly because you know he's going to go back to the drawing board and correct it in the film room and in practice, and we've seen it. So he's utilizing the guys that he has around him, uh, letting these guys – catch the short slants, catch the quick outs, make make plays down the field. And he's also hitting his running backs down there in the check down positions. So, you know, when you got an outlet, man, you got guys the way that he does, the Travis Etienne's, the Lynn J. Dixon's, the, the Ches Malusi's, he has playmakers. And I think he's starting to really understand that he doesn't have to do it all himself. And when you can do that and you trust your guys and they trust you, the magic happens. And we saw a lot of that this past game. Again, really clean game. No turnovers, no sacks. They had limited penalties. And I think Coach Sweeney mentioned that this defense has been going on now nine consecutive games, giving up less than 300 yards on offense. That's pretty special. Now, Brent Venables obviously is a, is a masterful defensive coordinator, but he also has the guys to do it. And every week, Isaiah Simmons does something that solidifies him my opinion is the number one defensive player off of the board. Um, I said before coming to the season that he was special, that I think that he will revolutionize the game, um, mainly because when you look at these new offenses, these RPOs, these these guys that have different skill sets and what these coordinators are able to do, you got to have the personnel to go out there and match that. And I think that Isaiah Simmons is the perfect fit because he can be whatever you want him to be. If you want him to be a safety, he can do that. If you want him to play wheel linebacker, he can be that. If you want to play a strong side linebacker and match up against your, your number one tight end or your slot receiver, he can do that. If you want the man coming off the edge to blitz as he would be in a defensive end position, he can do that as well. So he got himself an interception. He looked like he knew what he was going to do with it. Unfortunately, he didn't get into the end zone. But, man, he is all over the field all, over, all the time. And yeah, it's been fun to watch him play as well. But, again, what we're talking about, is this team continuing to to build momentum week in and week out? Yeah, it was Walford, but it was bigger than that. It was bigger than that because when you look at where this team is headed, where they want to go, it only makes sense if 
they're starting to put the pieces together at the right time. And that's what we're starting to see. I guess, what do they have? They got NC State left. They got Wake Forest. They got South Carolina. And they got the ACC championship game. So the idea, again, was to always start playing your best ball around week eight, week nine. Uh, I think we're starting to see that. I think we're starting to see that. And And I'm so excited to see what it looks like against a quality opponent. We're going to see that here in a couple weeks. NC State, I think, is just meh. But I do think that Wake Forest is a really good football team. I know it's Wake, and I know it's the ACC or whatever the consensus is that people have uh, as far as their their mindset towards this conference. But Wake has some really good players, and they're playing some really good ball. Dave Caldwell has been doing a fantastic job with them. Um, so they come to the Valley. should be a doozy. And I want to see these guys put it together against a team like Wake Forest. Uh, because I know it's possible, and they're taking time bomb. The defense have been playing lights out all season, as we know. The offense is starting to pick it up, and they're getting there. And when you got both sides playing like that, along with special teams and BT Potter hitting bombs from deep, man, it's unstoppable. And that's what I expect. I expect Clemson to go into this, to finish up the rest of the season, go into williams Bryce Stadium in Columbia, South Carolina, devour those guys. I expect them to go and play whoever they're going to play in the ACC championship game. I'm not really sure we're shaping up on that side of the division. And then I expect them to hit that playoff race wherever they're at, whether they're one or whether they're four. The only thing that matters is that you're in position when the smoke clears. And when they get there, it's going to get ugly for a lot of people. Just know that you heard it here first. I know I played for the university, but I try not to be biased, man. I I just think they got a really good football team. I think they got really good stuff and you know, the culture is right and, and the mentality is right. And, you know, these guys love each other. And I think you can tell that. I mean, after every every game, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence meets his guys in the tunnel. And he hugs them. And you can look at it and say that it's cheesy. Or you can say, hey, it's a hell of a leader right there. And he knows what he's doing. And his guys care. And I know that he cares. So, look, if you're not a Clemson fan, well, keep being a fan of whoever you're a fan of. But you can also go ahead and just start converting to that orange because Clemson's going to be here for a long time. I know we talked about doing that segment, the good, the bad, the bounce back. There was a lot of good. I think there was one play that was pretty bad. Uh, Nolan Turner, the safety, got beat on a double move down the field. Uh, sloppy looking. Hips look a little tight right there. But, uh, you know, that's something to correct on film. I'm sure the guys gave him a little bit of uh, a talking to after the game. And ragged on him a bit, but it's all in good spirits and good competition. But that was bad. And the bounce back, well, he's going to have to bounce back from that. So, um, yeah, it's fun watching this team. I mean, you're up 42 nothing in the first half. It is what it is. But these guys did what they were supposed to do, and they executed, and they performed, and they had fun, and they broke records. I expect to see the same thing next week. So until then, join me for the recap. And uh, – probably have a guest so either reggie merriweather cj spiller or somebody so if you got any questions about anything you know what to do subscribe hit the twitter hit the instagram hit the facebook shoot some questions over and we'll get you squared away thank you for joining me